plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. This is Cynthia Bryan, and welcome to our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And my personal goal is also to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already transpired. Talk as if you are living your dreams, act like you have everything you need, and then know that you are the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. Well, we have um, a more somber show for you today. Uh, we will be talking about healing from grief and tragedy, and uh, it is a kind of uh, it is a sad time I think around the world. In segment one, I'm going to uh, talk about standing in solidarity with the Ukraine by giving you some motivation to plant for peace uh, by growing vegetation in the colors of blue and yellow. We can all spring into solidarity by planting blooms for the brave. So I'll give you a combination of specimens of both color spectrums and that best represent how you feel. And hopefully you can stand up um, for Ukraine and for peace in the world as well. In segment two, I will be interviewing Michelle Neff Hernandez about her book, Different After You. Different After You helps readers adapt to and embrace the version of themselves that was born through trauma. And though people who have experienced trauma are often encouraged to live as if that awful experience didn't happen, pretending that your past is not part of your life is impossible. It's also very harmful. So instead, we will work to treat the experiences through which we have lived whether they're beautiful or terrible, as part of a whole, so that we can create a new person. And uh, Michelle will talk to us about that. She is also the creator of Camp Widow. And then in the last segment, if I can get through it, how do you heal after the loss of a loved one? It really takes great courage to say goodbye, yet we never forget it's a farewell and until we meet again. And what I'm going to be doing is reading to you the chapter from my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. And it is called The Gift of Healing. And um, this is a chapter I rarely ever read because it's very difficult for me. But I felt that today was the day to do it. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Please visit the website, bethestarur.org. We are still um, taking registrations if you're interested 
for the free writing workshop for young people ages 9 to 14, taught by our Express Yourself reporter and host, Ruhani. And uh, so far, there have been one class for each age group, and everybody has just loved it. So visit bethestarur.org. You can sign up for free. Good friends are like stars. You don't always see them, but you know they are there. And that's from Eleanor Roosevelt. And I love that because I ask you, as my good friend, again, to continue sending prayers and happy thoughts for this little six-month-old baby named Kira, who today just had her fourth surgery in less than three and a half weeks. So... She's hanging in there. She's a strong little baby, but it's very, very tough. And she'll probably be in the ICU for another two to three weeks. So please, 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 um, whether you believe in a higher power or not, you know, positive thoughts and all kinds of good, good vibrations. I think it makes the world go round. So this is, I want to talk about um, the Ukraine now. I have just been so saddened, as I think the whole world is, of what's going on. And I was so happy today to find out that uh, President Biden and the um, Congress have finally decided to call him a criminal of war. And, I mean, he really is perpetrating crimes against humanity when you're bombing hospitals and buildings that say children on them and maternity hospitals and schools and just regular citizens that just neighborhoods and apartment buildings not even aiming for military targets so this he's a really evil evil devil and we have to stop him but i know it's hard because what are we going to do we're here in the united states and aside from the sending donations and that kind of thing so this is what i have come up with I call it Boots on the Ground. And first I want to read a quote. It was by George S. McGovern. I am fed up with old men dreaming up wars for young men to die in. And Ralph Waldo Emerson, lose yourself in nature and find peace. So that's what I've decided to do with all the turmoil that's happening both in my my personal life as well as around the world is to lose myself in nature to find some peace and some equilibrium. But how much can a gardener accomplish without the proper boots? To be a successful gardener, we need the right tools and sturdy, sturdy boots are an indispensable ingredient for keeping steady and safe on any terrain. And my terrain is very steep hillside. And although my gardening wardrobe varies with the seasons, the one item that I'm never without is my garden boots. And over the year, I have worn out numerous pairs of cowboy boots, rubber boots, mud boots, and none were very pretty or very stylish. But this past Christmas, my daughter and her husband gave me two pairs of decorative yet highly functional gardening boots. These boots are beautiful, they're comfortable, they're waterproof, they're quick cleaning, and they have to withstand all types of ground. But they do not have to withstand battlegrounds. They are not combat boots. Wearing my pretty and protective boots, I wonder about the boots of the brave people of Ukraine both military and civilian, 
who are courageously fighting against the Russian aggressors. In, in unison with this valiant nation, I am dedicating this spring to the colors of blue and yellow. Glory to the heroes. The Ukraine is the shield of Europe. We can all spring into solidarity by planting blooms for the brave. Choose a combination of specimens from both color spectrums that best represent how you feel. And make sure to check compatibility with light, moisture, and growth habits. You can plant any of these specimens in a pot, or you can create the Ukrainian flag in a grand gesture of unity with any of the varieties listed below. And I'm just going to um, give you a list of a few of the blues and a, flu a few of the yellows that I think most of you know and are easily available at any garden center or nursery or big box store. So Dutch iris, and I wanted to say something about Dutch iris because the ones that I have planted, they have both yellow and blue in them. They have these blue petals with a yellow end and they just look just like the Ukrainian flag. So I have them everywhere. And I, I think that that is like the perfect flower for everybody. And it's a bulb, so it'll come back every year. But here are some other ones. There are bearded iris, hyacinth, periwinkle, delphinium, phlox, lavender, clematis, campionella, napeta, agastache, lupin, aster, crocus, hydrangea, pansy, petunia, Blue-eyed stargrass, I love that as well. Right now, it's blooming profusely, and it's little uh, stars, blue stars um, that are in this grass. It's really very, very pretty. Salvia, Angelina, Agapanthus, Heliotrope, Sweet Pea, Lobelia, Verbenia, Budilea, Hibiscus, Lilac, Baptisia, Plumbago, Ajuga, Veronica, and uh, a favorite is Forget-Me-Not. And I think we should have Forget-Me-Nots because we cannot forget what's happening to the people in Ukraine. So mix some of those blue flowers with the yellow. And yellow, you can find crocus, lantana, again, bearded iris, and again, Dutch iris. And there is there are just yellow Dutch iris and just yellow bearded iris. But as I said, there is also the one that is mixed. Shamrock and tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So everybody should have a bloom in shamrock. They come in the colors of pink and yellow. Uh, I really love the pink, but I have many more of the yellow. Now, some people think they're a weed, but because I love Ireland so much, <laughs> I, I and I think they are really pretty, I let them go. So more of the yellow, uh, yarrow. Daffodil, hibiscus, um, columbine, oh, tulips, uh, calendula, roses, marguerites, shasta daisy, gladiolus, chrysanthemum, golden star, hellebores, daylilies, pansies, petunias, rubecchia, marigold, zinnia, dahlia, sunflower, hollyhock, primrose, sedum, and mustard. And, you know, the mustard is just starting to bloom. 
And I have been cutting the leaves and putting them in my salads and I've been braising them with a little bit of olive oil and garlic. And oh, that mustard is really good. It's what they make mustard that you buy in the store uh, from, but you can grow the plant and make your own mustard. Now, I, I don't really know of any weeds other than the day flower that have the blue color, um, but many unwanted plants have yellow flowers. And keep in mind, what some people consider a weed, others enjoy as a medicinal herb, a wildflower, or just a pretty plant. So the reality is, is that weeds are plants growing where they are not wanted. So if you have weeds, it's best to pull them out by hand by the root as soon as possible and before they go to seed, as they can take over a huge area in a very minimal amount of time. And, you know, you have to be the person to decide um, what's going to thrive in your garden because seeds from weeds are spread by wind, by water, by birds, and it's very quick and very effective. And it's so frustrating because weed seeds seem to thrive much faster and easier than any flower seeds. Now, many of these weeds that I'm going to just tell you are considered invasive and noxious because they're difficult to control and they displace welcome plants. But also be aware that any plant can be poisonous if ingested. So don't take a sample of a plant unless you're certain that it's safe. I am pretty good with, with horticulture and vegetation and I have a lot of edible weeds and a lot of edible plants and I enjoy them immensely but I'm not encouraging you to do that unless you really know. Well, dandelion, you know those yellow flowers, and I will say that it is an edible and it's highly nutritious. Um, I, I feed the flowers to the quail and to my other birds, and then I take the leaves, and again, you wash them and I put them in a salad or I saute them. But if you put any fertilizer or any kind of insecticide or pesticide or any of that, on your dandelions, don't try to eat them. Um, golden clover, creeping buttercup, butterweed, goldenrod, loose strife, creeping jenny, yellow burrweed, Spanish broom, St. John's wort, uh, flat top goldenrod, yellow toad flax, don't you love the name? Velvet leaf, black medic, and goat head weed. So those are just a few of the weeds. Um, and I am really saddened and outraged by the aggression and devastation Russian forces have and continue to inflict on the independent nation of Ukraine, specifically targeting the innocent civilian populations, hospitals and schools. So in addition to prayers, positive thoughts and donations to relief organizations, spring into solidarity with Ukraine and exhibit blue and yellow now and until the end of this unjustified war is resolved because our boots are made for walking. And while my boots are on my grounds as I garden, I am standing up for Ukraine. And let me just give you a few mid-month garden reminders. If you are here in the West or Southwest, you can plant your early blooming pollinators, including California poppy, chives, larkspur, Dianthus, lupin, pea, and viola, and sweetest lissum now. Gophers are breeding, so be on the alert to eradicate these destroyers. You can start your spring gardening by improving the soil. Gardens are often missing those microorganisms and nutrients that are needed for a thriving crop. And I've talked about that in other shows. It's really important. Your soil is your foundation. 
Reseed or plant a new lawn during spring weather. Commence weekly mowing for sturdier growing. And for best results, don't use a leaf bag, but instead allow the clippings to compost on the grass naturally. It's time to fertilize fruit trees and flowering shrubs with a high nitrogen solution. Divide your perennials like daylilies and agapanthus. Clump flowers together in areas measuring four feet diameter or more if you want to really attract the pollinators, the bees, the butterflies, the birds. Uh, clean. It's time to clean fountains, ponds, bird baths, any other water features so that you can welcome our flying friends home for the warmer weather. Uh, celebrate March 20th is the vernal equinox, so the day and nighttime hours equal exactly 12 each, and that's coming up in just a couple of days. And you can set a bowl of yellow and blue fruits like lemons, grapefruits, bananas, grapes, blueberries to remind us that freedom isn't free. We fight for it. And then find peace in nature and sol show your solidarity with Ukraine and democracy by embracing a garden or even a vase filled with blue and yellow flowers. So happy gardening, happy growing, happy spring, and we are praying for triumph for Ukraine and the world. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. If you like any of the things that I talk about where gardening, please visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com. Click on gardening. You can find lots of articles and tips and all kinds of things and lots of photos, um, CynthiaBryan.com. When we come back from break, we'll be talking about the book, Different After You, Rediscovering Yourself and Healing After Grief and Trauma with my guest, Michelle Neff Hernandez. Please stay with me. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. 
and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, thank you so much for staying with us because this particular segment will change your life for the better. Uh, my next guest is Michelle Neff Hernandez. She wrote in her book, Different After You, the death of someone or something we love changes us. There is no going back to the person we were before this life-altering experience. We'll never be that version of ourselves again, and no amount of effort or reflection or mental gymnastics will return to us to our pre-tragedy self. Well, Michelle is just a beautiful uh, writer, and she is also the founder or creator of Camp Widow and Soaring Spirits. What have She's had an international claim for this, and she speaks all over the world to responders, hospital workers, um, to many, many different organizations. Welcome, Michelle, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's so lovely to be with you tonight, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I know you're on the road, and that even makes it more special. Now, before we get into your book, I mean, you you definitely went through a very difficult time losing your husband, your beloved husband, Phil, at age 35 um, in 2005, August 31st, a date that will never go away. But before we go on, I want to ask how Dan is. How is your dad? Oh, that's so kind of you to ask, Cynthia. Um, he actually died. Um, it'll be just about a year. So, it, oh, yeah. I was so concerned. I was worried because I know that it, how long it takes to print a, to publish a book. And yeah. you have dedicated this book to your dad. And he sounded so much like my dad there oh. at all your cheerleading competitions <laughs> and all your sports events and speaking uh, and acting. Yeah. And no matter what, your your dad was there and um, he sounds like he was the foundation for your life, but he is still with you. So absolutely right. You know, that is, that is the the thing, but I'm very sorry about that. I really, um, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. It's a difficult, it's so difficult. Well, you have written this very beautiful, hopeful book called different after you rediscovering yourself and healing after grief and trauma. And I told you off the air, I, I really believed in everything you wrote about because 
I don't think until we go through a, a tragedy or a life-changing event, such as a, a death, um, that we really understand or have the empathy for others who are going through it. And it changes you. But we can choose to be bitter or we can choose to be better. And this book is showing us how to become better and to reinvent ourselves. So why don't you give our audience a little bit of your story about you and Phil and how what happened with his tragic death just months before his 40th birthday? He was, so my husband and I, I uh, was fortunate to be married to him for just five short years. Um, and in that amount of time, the love that we shared and the life that we shared uh, really became a foundational part of who I am. And his death in a cycling accident, he went out on a Wednesday afternoon for his regular bike ride and was hit from behind by a car and um, died an hour later in the hospital. He was, as you said, just two months from his 30, his 40th birthday. He was 39. Um, I was 35. We had a blended family of six children. And so his death was really the first, uh, it, it was the first really close relationship death that I've ever had. And certainly um, when you deal with the death of a spouse or partner, it's it's just a life-changing uh, circumstance. Mm -hmm. And, but it, I do like to point out for everyone for the book, um, I wrote, when I wrote the title different after you, I wanted everyone to understand that they have the unique um, gift really of defining what you is for them. And so mm -hmm. for me, when I say different after you, that is the difference, um, not only now in the death of my husband, but also the death of my father. And so for other people who have a different type of experience, whether it's a different um, familial relationship that that they experience a death of, or a friend, or someone pivotal in your life, or it could be a divorce or a tragedy of another type, um, I always like readers to know that that the you and different after you is intended to be defined by the person who's reading. Well, because we all experience grief differently, and we all have different tragedies. And one of the things you brought out in your book, Different After You, was some of the things, you know, that people say. I mean, I always felt my father, my beloved dad died in my arms. And mm -hmm. so um, so I under, I really I empathize with what you're going through now, too, because mm -hmm. it's a different kind of death from a spouse, but it's very profound. Mm -hmm. But um, it's interesting. People mean to say things that are kind. But, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it's been six months, it's been a year, it's been two years, get over it, you know, it's time to move on. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not how grief works. Could you talk to that, please? Yeah, and I think one of the most important things for me about the book is this this need to acknowledge that we aren't going to go back to a version of ourselves that we were before right. this person died or before this experience that we've lived through. And the reason that's so critical to the understanding of, of not only what I've written, but in my opinion of grief, is that we set ourselves up for failure if our goal is to return to how we used to be. Because we know things we didn't know before. We've experienced things we didn't experience before. And just those two truths alone make it impossible to go back to a version of ourselves that did not live through what we lived through. 
And so when I, I love for grievers to have that in their minds, because then instead of making our goal, I've got to hurry up and get through this so I can get back to normal, so I can be the self I used to be. <laughs> no, there's no makes, normal again. Right? It makes space for us to be able to say, I am no longer that exact version of myself. And now I'm going to ask some questions about what this version of myself needs to have a meaningful life. And and the, I think what your book brings out is this is, because you cannot go back it's really critical that you accept and integrate all of the new things that are going to happen in your life or what you've been through that helps you be the person that you are, right? You talk about integration. Why don't you explain what you mean? Yeah, I think the thing about integration that I love the most is that it allows the past a place at the table of our life. And so I... I right. You know, because a lot of times we're encouraged to forget the past, push that past away, don't let the past influence you. But we can't help but be influenced by what we've lived through. And so that means the past must have a place at the table, especially because we lived through something, utilizing skills, learning new things in order to make it through. And now we have access to that, but only if we allow the past to place at the table. I like to think of it as a stool with three legs, past, present, future. And all of those are constantly being evolving, one, and two, interacting in our lives. So what you and I are having a conversation today and tomorrow that's going to be in your past. And that can be a tool that you use in the present as you shape your future. What you learn today is going to change the way you look at this moment. And it's also going to change the way you shape your future. But only if we allow past, present, and future to each be a part of what we learn and how we shape our lives. I like to think of it as a firm foundation for healing. When you're sitting on a stool with three legs, it's a very mm -hmm. stable stool. If I try to take out the past because it's too painful, or if I try to take out the present because I don't want to live in the pain, right? Or yeah. if I don't like the future that I see ahead of me, and so I don't want that. And even if we didn't topple, even if what we did was having to, to sit on two legs, what you would then do is expend so much energy and it's because you're avoiding that third piece. So it's it's critical to be able to have access to all of the things that we've experienced in our lives and allow them a place in our lives rather than try to get over them, get through them, and push them to the background. Well, you know, when I got to the back of your book, I was so happy to see that you were happily remarried. And mm -hmm. and But what I thought was so beautiful is that Phil is still very much a part of your life, because just as you said, we have a past, a present, and a future. And it took you almost 15 years to write this book. Were you um, were you writing some of your thoughts? Did you happen to journal? What was your process like? You know, it's so funny, Cynthia, that in the beginning, right after Phil died, I had a plan for a book. And that plan turned into instead the organization which, that I founded called Soaring Spirits International. And as the organization came to, you know, came into itself and became something really unexpected and wonderful, I thought, oh, well, maybe there's no book. Maybe it's not about a book. Maybe it was mm -hmm. always about the organization. But I learned so much from the people that I've met and from the experiences that I've had that when it came time to write the book, when I felt like I was being called back into the writing space, 
it was a whole different perspective. Mm. And, and it was beautiful to be able to recognize that I needed those 15 years to learn what I know, to, to live those lessons myself, as you said, to walk through a new marriage and understand how my marriage to Phil was going to influence my marriage to Michael mm. and why I need them both in my life to be the whole self that I am today. And, and the I, new self that you are today. Absolutely. And I could not have written that book 15 years ago because I didn't know so it's and not only that but I through my work I've had access to thousands and thousands of other people who have lived you know very different experiences and some similar experiences and very different traumas and so um, being able to understand I think my my heart for this work comes from having people stand in front of me feeling like they are not as good a, a version of themselves today as they were prior to their trauma. And what I see is a survivor who has done everything they can possibly do to make it to where they are standing right in front of me on that day. And what they see is someone who's not quite good enough. Yes, and so, but they have to learn to embrace that person. Absolutely and right. then, you know, because it is a new person and this is yeah. a good whole person. Yeah. It's just sometimes the grief is taking over. Well, you created Camp Widow. I was so impressed that you traveled after um, after Phil died. You traveled around interviewing widows. Tell us about that experience. That was that was it really was the, profound. It was amazing, and it was the foundation of what became Soaring Spirits because right. I was desperate to talk to other people who understood what I was living through, and so I started just talking to whomever. If someone said I have a friend who's widowed, I said, "Can I come over?" <laughs> and so I ended up you know, traveling the country sort of accidentally. But what was profound to me about each of those experiences was be that sense of understanding, that sense of not having to explain some things, of being able to finish each other's sentences, even though our experiences may be very different. And it, it drove me to want that for other widowed people and to create Soaring Spirits International, which was really a direct out, it was a direct outflow of that experience of meeting other people and thinking, oh, this is it. You understand how hard this is. You understand why it's hard. And even though we'll have a different experience together, that doesn't mean that we can't understand each other. And so um, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. It led to um, millions of other widowed people being connected because those first 30 people were willing to say, yes, you can come over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can come and talk to me about my experience. Well, you know, uh, I think that it creates a community, doesn't it? I mean, it when you experience something that nobody else understands, um, it's it, you, you feel alienated. You feel like you're the only person in the world. So it's so important to reach out and to talk with other people, which is what you did. And now you have created this very world, this global community where people have that opportunity. Do you see any thread that runs through all the different grief? I mean, look at what we're, what the world is going through now yeah. with this yeah. horror that Russia is perpetrating mm -hmm. upon Ukraine. And, yeah. you know, my heart just breaks to see these these maternity hospitals bombed and buildings mm -hmm. that have children written on it and they kill all the kids. I mean, yeah. I don't understand the the evil that is being perpetrated. So there are going to be many, many, many widows and widowers. Mm -hmm. um, if Well, there already are. So do you, what do you see as a thread? Like, you know, is there something that everyone who's going through a grief or trauma 
feels. I mean, I know it's all a different experience, yeah. but you know that what connects us. That's what I want to say because yeah. I felt connected to you immediately um, yeah. when I read this, and then when I got to the part about your dad, I. I just really felt connected. Um, so, yeah. so anyway, do you find that people just find a common thread? I do, and you know, I think what the thread is uh, that we are changed. Mm-hmm. What we are experiencing outside of Ukraine, right? We are not living there. We're not living in the dr- in the in the terrible things that are happening, but we are also living in the world where it does. And so we are all changed by every experience we have. The same thing is true of the pandemic. We are changed by pandemic. And so when Absolutely. we set our goal to go back to normal, we set all of ourselves up for failure because we can't go back to a normal that has been so significantly shifted by what we've lived through, by what we know now, and by how those that knowledge and that experience has changed us. And the hopeful element of this is that what we learn in that time as we allow ourselves to evolve into a new version of ourselves includes everything we've ever had, right? So you and I were raised by wonderful men who were great fathers. Thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful for that for me. And oh, also I am too. I feel like I was just blessed. Just yes, so blessed. I feel like yeah. The lottery winner for that. Yes. And, and what I know then is that I have been changed by that. Right. So it's not just the terrible things that change us. It's our life experience. We need all of it in order to be who we are. And that foundation that my dad and my mom gave me, um, you know, started me on a path. And that's a part of who I am. And it's a part of what I have lived through. But the same thing is true of my grief experience. And oftentimes when it's something terrible we live through, we resist allowing it a place in in our lives because we're afraid it's going to take over our lives. So I think for us as a community, acknowledging that we've been changed and asking ourselves questions about what does that mean for me? What does my new understanding of what's happening in Ukraine and in the world, what does that mean for me? How do I need to adapt? What things are maybe more important to me? What things are less important to me? Being willing to ask ourselves the questions about how to create a meaningful life is is really the, the key, I think. Begin by saying I've been changed, move into how does this new me make a meaningful life, and then commit to that meaning. And don't you think giving ourselves permission to take all the time we need Mm -hmm. to have patience with ourselves, because to to me, with things that have happened, it it is just, it's so interesting um, how people kind of, they mean well, but they push you, you know, they push you to be, to to move on. That's, I guess, the word, Mm -hmm. to move on with your life. And I, I think it's okay to take whatever time you need to become that new you, because It's like putting on a new coat or a new dress Mm -hmm. or getting a new hairstyle. We got to get used to it, dang it. Yeah, we really do. And also, I think it's impossible. We can't move on. There's no such thing as moving on. We can only move forward and everything we have experienced comes with us. It's a question of whether we acknowledge it or we try to Mm-hmm. from it and at the end of the day it is a part of us whichever of the paths we choose one's just um, a road that leads more quickly to healing so so now that you have read uh, written this book that can really help people um do you recommend that people read it immediately after they have have you know gone through some tragedy 
I, I just think it would it's a great gift. I, I, I think you wrote somewhere that this is a love letter, and I feel like it is. I feel like it's a, a love letter to ourselves too, because we get to develop the new the new me, the new you know the new you. Uh, and to me, that's love. In other words, we have to love ourselves enough to realize that you know everything everything has happened. So is that how um, how you see it? It is, and I'm so glad the love letter came across to you in that way. It totally did. We need did. to have grace. We need to have patience. We need to allow ourselves to be broken in order to make space for healing. And so if we can say to ourselves, you know what? It's going to take a little while. That's okay. Yeah. And I hope that the book gives people, you know, encourages people to give ourselves the permission because, right, we're the ones who actually need to give the permission. Yeah. There's nobody else. It's only us that holds us back from allowing that patience and grace to become a part of our lives. Yes, because sometimes, you know, it's just very difficult. It is difficult to let go. But I do find that it's uh, that we grow from it. You know, it's that there's something about enduring the pain and living through it and I hate to say it makes you stronger because it's you know you never ever uh that hole never goes away I mean you know the your hole in your heart is still there but I do think it really can help you help others just as you created Camp Widow and you also um have your foundation I think that all of those things has made you a very empathetic and caring person. And so I, I really, really, really enjoyed um, your book, Different After You, Rediscovering Yourself and Healing After Grief and Trauma. So I want to encourage our uh, listeners to go to your website, soaringspirits.org. And this is where mm-hmm. you can find a lot of information, soaringspirits.org. And then information about Michelle, michellenefhernandez.com. And it's Michelle with one L. And I also loved your story that you, your friend with the the double L. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I like, too, that you put Neff back in your name. I know after my dad had uh, died, I kept thinking, should I go back to my maiden name? You know, because I wanted to honor him and I was really pleased that you did. So congratulations. Thank you so much. It's really a beautiful book. And um, and Michael is a very, very lucky man to have you in his life, as are your all your children. So thank you for coming on Star Style. Be the star you are. And again, readers, the book is different after you rediscovering yourself and healing after grief and trauma and the you is really about you so thank you so much michelle and it's a pleasure um, continue your great work it's very thank important you, i appreciate you having me here today and all the all the thank, beauty you put in the world thanks for that thank you when i come back from break i am going to be reading you a chapter from my award-winning book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. It's called The Gift of Healing, and it's a chapter I never read because I, ha- I have a hard time getting through it. But today is the day, so stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. 
If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it is the importance of treating people fairly all the time. We must embrace empathy. We must listen to each other. Scripted words such as, I understand how you feel and I apologize, don't ring true without sincerity. We build loyalty and longevity by caring about our fellow persons, employees, customers, bosses, friends, family, and just even strangers we meet. You are the star of your own production. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, I'm back, and I do recommend the book Different After You. It really will help you if you are going through any tragedy, grief, anything, divorce, whatever kind of thing that is making you sad. Now, this is the gift of healing from my award-winning book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. It was midnight on a Monday night, and my 16-year-old brother, David, and I were still on the phone arguing whether he was going to catch the 6 a.m. flight to Los Angeles with me so he could visit the set of a film I was working on. I was tired, and I wanted to know whether I needed to drive two hours to pick him up. David, are you coming or not? I snapped. I don't have all night to discuss this. Immediately, I was sorry for my sharp tone. If it wasn't for my kid brother, I wouldn't have been working on the film at all. David had always believed in me and wanted me to be a star. When he was just 11, he had secretly sent out my photos to directors, getting me my first TV commercial. Someday, David assured me, he was going to manage my career. I'll come next week, Sin, David said. I have one more field to plow. Well, when David didn't come in for lunch the next day, my mom sent dad with the Jeep to get him. And I, just as an aside, I have to tell you, I grew up on a farm and we all did our, all our own tractor work and everything. So which he didn't come in from the farm. As dad started toward the upper vineyards, he saw a rising column of dust. When he got closer, his heart began to pound. Through the dust, he could just make out the wheels of the Ford tractor spinning crazily in the air. He hit the gas and screeched to a stop next to the tangle of overturned tractor and disc tiller. David was pinned underneath, lying gray and still. 
Dad tried desperately to heave the tractor upright, but all his strength couldn't move it. Calling to David to hang on, he raced back to the house, phoned for the neighbors and the local volunteer fire department. My sister Debbie was one of the first to arrive. As she struggled to free David, she noted in one of those odd images that fix in our minds in times of crisis that David had taken off his t-shirt because of the heat and still held it clutched tightly in his hand. My pager went off during my lunch break on the movie set. No family member had ever paged me while I was working in Los Angeles, so I knew this was serious. My husband answered my return call and very calmly told me there had been an accident. Get home now on the next plane. He felt it was better not to tell me what had happened, but emphasized the urgency. I shouldn't wait for an inexpensive standby ticket, as I usually did. Take the first flight. In a daze, I arrived at the airport and was told all flights were booked. I remember standing there, hysterically begging everyone and anyone to sell me their ticket. Some kind soul did, though I can no longer remember how or who. Though I've flown huge distances around the world, the hour between Los Angeles and San Francisco was the longest flight of my life. I was sure that my beloved paternal grandfather, a man I adored and worshipped, must be badly hurt or dying. The idea that my youngest brother might be threatened never occurred to me. I do remember landing and running through the airport, totally in a fog, to my husband's arm and a waiting car. His face was pale, but he still wouldn't tell me anything. Please, I started to sob. Tell me. He had to pull to the side of the road. There's been an accident on the ranch, she said slowly. A tractor flipped over. Oh, my goodness, I screamed. Is Daddy okay? Is he all right? My husband said my dad was fine. And yes, my other brother was fine. We seemed to be having a numbing and ridiculous game as if he were deliberately tormenting me. But I realized later that he just couldn't bring himself to say the terrible words. Then he, too, started to cry. It's David, he said. I was begging him to stop, to take it back, but already there was a knife piercing my heart. He's dead, honey. They couldn't save him. He was killed instantly. He didn't suffer. The hour and a half drive to the ranch was a complete blur. Somehow, my husband kept the car on the road as I shouted and wept. Not David. Not our baby. Not our shining star. Why not me? Why not the rapists, the drug dealers, the thugs, the murderers prowling the streets? Why David? He was so young, just 16, so sweet, such a dazzling promise of a new tomorrow. Then it hit me. My last words to my sweet brother had been curt, almost angry, and I could never take them back. Our entire family was shaken to its foundation. It was our first real encounter with absolute grief. None of us had had any experience in recovering from such abject loss, but we did the best we could to stay alive and hold each other up. People in mourning do curious things. We comforted ourselves by wearing things that David wore. We enshrined his bedroom exactly the way he had left it in the morning he died. The book he was reading still lay open on his desk. His notebook sat with the pen marking the original page. His curios, his artwork, his clothes all remained in the exact position of that dreadful day. It took us 10 years to get past the bad memories. Eventually, I learned to put my pain on on paper, which relieved my physical symptoms. Finally, we could let go. We remodeled the room. 
My brothers and dad had been digging a lake on our ranch. We finished it. We named it Lake David. We set up a David scholarship and memorials. We even, we're even still healing. The pain has never gone completely, but we can talk and laugh about it now more easily. But even after 20 years, we never forget. Death is final. I want David to be with God, but that doesn't make my family feel anybody. We can't hug him or kiss him or argue with him anymore. And I don't know if for sure if there is a heaven. I believe in faith that I'll see him again. I talk to him every day and he's one of my special angels. But still, the loss of his earthly humanness here and now, his death has left a hole in my heart. Like all actors, I had learned how to cry on cue, but I had never really felt the emotions behind the tears until David died. And since then, I only have to recall that moment I heard the news and my body trembles and sadness overwhelms me and I can't stop the tears. So what have I learned from our experience? Grief is normal and it's a natural reaction to loss and change. And to heal, we had to deal with everything said on and said. We're never going to get to see what David would have become, to see him grow up, go to college, get married, have children. We mourn both David and what he would have become. We also learned that when others are hurting, all we can do is be there and show we care. People need love, compassion, and personal presence when they undergo a death, a severe illness, or any loss. Grieving people appreciate the flowers and food, but what they need most are the stories we loved hearing all the stories about his life from others. Stories help heal the heart. And since David's death, our family has had to deal with many more deaths, tragedies, and losses. It was as if the floodgates were opened by that one immense shock and the rivers of sadness steadily flow by. But we have chosen to recover. Healing is hard. There is no short-term relief. Time helps. Talking helps. Writing helps. Being together helps. The knowledge that it is okay to cry, to laugh, to fall apart, to say stupid things. It's all part of the healing process. And I feel deeply sorrowful when friends suffer the death of a loved one. And each loss is different and healing is different for each person. And all well-intended responses are right for that moment. Do whatever it takes to move forward. Take the time you need. Ask for support. Get into therapy. Go back to work. Be alone or gather with friends. Talk, cry, laugh, be silent. Whatever helps you heal is what you need. And don't apologize to others for the darkness in your heart. You are suffering. Your pain is real. And the longer we live, the more sadness and heartbreak we'll face. And although we'll never be the same again, you will be different. You'll be a new you. You will heal and life will go on. And we only say farewell until we meet again because... We all have one more field to plow. So that's our show for today. Thank you for being great listeners. Make sure you're here every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach and, and uh, renowned success experts from around the globe. For more information about Star Style or myself, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation or get involved with Be The Star You Are Charity, visit BeTheStarYouAreCharity.org. And until next week when we celebrate, again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keeps us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. 
Have a wonderful week. Happy St. Patrick's Day and rediscover yourself. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.